So let's be so honest here. Like, I don't think any of us would say that Brian Kelly is the best college football coach in the country. If you tried to make that argument, I don't think you would have a very strong one. But what is the difference between Brian Kelly's resume now and what his resume could be at LSU that could put him in contention for that conversation? We'll get into that plus so much more in today's edition of Locked in LSU. You are Locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, we are on YouTube as well. So make sure to check us out on your preferred podcast platform. Or you can watch us on YouTube. My name is Caroline Fenton. I'm your host, as I am every day. You can find me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. Appreciate you for being here. And always appreciate you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. Now, I was perusing around The Athletic, and I always like to see what the athletic writers have to say about LSU, about college football as a whole, sports as a whole, just very intriguing articles on The Athletic, hashtag not sponsored. So I saw two different articles that came out right around the same time, each written by athletic writers that I admire, that I like, um, one being uh, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic and the other being Stuart Mandel. Now, in each of these articles, they kind of go back and forth about how they do this every year, how they like to compare their lists, how they compile their lists differently. But I thought it would be interesting to see how two different college football aficionados, two different college football writers that are very plugged into the world of college football and probably have such a wonderful grasp of college football now, college football of the last five, last 10, last 15, so on and so forth years. So I looked into this article, obviously one, to see where Brian Kelly was and two, to see where he was in comparison with the rest of college football, to see if my assessment of Brian Kelly's career so far, combined with his his most recent successes at LSU in this past season, how that was kind of weighed. Now in Stuart Mandel's edition of the list, he says that he looks at the history of college football a little bit more so than Stuart Mandel does, where Stuart Mandel might prioritize more recent success. Now, let me just couch this. I disagree with both of these lists as a whole, honestly, but I mean, that's kind of what's fun about it is we can all talk about what we prioritize most, whether that's championships, whether that's conference championships, whether that's the amount of wins that you have over your rival team, whether that's the number of Heisman Trophy winners you have, whether that's potential. I mean, like, there are so many factors that come into evaluating coaches. So let's stick with Bruce Feldman's list first, and then we'll get to Stuart Mandel's. Again, Bruce Feldman is the writer who likes to look at, you know, the last 20 to 25 years, maybe a a large overview of that coach's entire career. Now, I think it's fair to say Nick Saban is number one on that list, probably what everybody expected it to be. Kirby Smart, two, I think that's fair. Dabo Swinney, three, I think that's fair. I mean, those are your most recent, most successful college football coaches in terms of championships won. But here's where it gets a little hairy. It has Jim Harbaugh at four. You can make 
you can make that argument for recent success. Now, this is the one where I think he's just absolutely off his freaking rocker, and it's James Franklin at number five. Absolutely freaking not. I could probably name 10 coaches in college football that I'd rather have over James Franklin. But remember, Bruce Feldman talks about entire career as a whole. And to be fair, James Franklin did find a good bit of success at Vanderbilt in his tenure at Vanderbilt, which has proven to be not the easiest place in the world to find success. But let's go ahead and get to the important stuff. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly is listed at number eight in Bruce Feldman's list. Behind those five that I just mentioned, Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, and then of course, Brian Kelly at says he's a consistent winner, having won at least 10 games in six consecutive years, and it didn't take him long to get LSU back on track, winning the SEC West 10-4 and four season in 2022. We know all of that. says the 61-year-old has had three top five finishes. The only hurdle is whether he can lead a great team. He did win two national titles in Division II at Grand Valley State since the BCS title loss to Alabama. His teams are 4-12 and 12 against AP top 10 opponents. I think that those are all very fair criticisms of Brian Kelly. I think that any in any sport at any level, there's that criticism for that one coach that can always get their team to the dance. They just can't finish the dance. And we've seen the same thing with, with Lincoln Riley and college football. I mean, Lincoln Riley has more college football playoff losses probably than any other coach in college football. But at least he got his team there. So, like, that's the dichotomy is you can get your team to the playoff, but you just can't get past that big hurdle in order to compete for a championship or to ultimately hoist a trophy at the end of the season. Now, looking at Stuart Mandel's coaching rankings, I still don't agree with, with this because Stuart Mandel puts Nick Saban 1A and Kirby Smart 1B. I think that is disrespectful to Nick Saban and his entire resume and his entire career of what he's done at Alabama. Kirby Smart has done what Nick Saban hasn't done, and that's when back-to-back college football playoff national championships. I'm not talking about BCS. I'm not going back there. I'm talking about college football playoff national championships. But who are we kidding? Nick Saban has I mean, significantly more national championships. Nick Saban has a track record of more success than Kirby Smart. Let's be fair here. I mean, I'm not here to, you know, you know, kiss the ground that Nick Saban walks on, but like, let's be fair. Nick Saban and Kirby Smart don't belong on the same tier. Now, one and two, sure, I can totally entertain that. Dabba Swinney at three, again, I think that's fair. And then Stuart Mandel has, honestly, Brian Kelly at four. I mean, that's, uh, that's wonderful accolades for LSU's head coach. And I think that we've kind of gotten a, a consensus here that Brian Kelly is a top 10 coach in college football. I mean, you have two national college football writers that are putting Brian Kelly at four and eight in terms of the best coaches in college football. I mean, that's that's at least what you can feel solace at night is that LSU, at least the general consensus around, the, around college football spaces is that you have a top 10 coach, top eight coach. That's solid. But Stuart Mandel has the same criticism of Brian Kelly that, you know, even though it's his sixth consecutive 10 plus win season, still couldn't get to a championship. And I think that is completely fair. I think it's completely fair to say that Brian Kelly is a damn good coach. But until you win a championship, you're going to be in a, in a different category. Same thing with quarterbacks in the NFL. Dan Marino may not go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, like a Tom Brady, 
like a Joe Namath, like a Peyton Manning, like a Drew Brees, like an Aaron Rodgers, because Dan Marino never won that Super Bowl. So it's the same kind of idea. You're just viewed a little bit in different light, but still a damn good quarterback, still damn good coaches. So looking back at Brian Kelly's opportunities to win championships, and let's look at more recent history, his college football playoff berths. What was the, the, the barrier between Brian Kelly's championship teams at Notre Dame? Do those same barriers exist at LSU? Or are there other barriers that, that exist that could be just as inhabitive to his football teams? I want to get into that coming up next. Let's do a full breakdown coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about FanDuel because the midway point of the NBA season is here and now it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, it is secure, and it is so super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything. You can bet on the money line. You can bet on point scores. You can bet on threes drained. And what I love to do on the FanDuel Sportsbook app is create a same-game parlay. So I will combine player props. So player points, rebounds, assists, total points for a team, total assists for a team, so on and so forth. You can combine those bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get those podcasts. And hey, grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked on College Basketball Bracket Breakdown. With national analysis and the insights from our local experts, the Locked on College Basketball Bracket Breakdown, it's a mouthful, has everything that you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked on College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So, very fair criticisms of Brian Kelly. And I don't even know if I'd call it a criticism because it's just reality. That Brian Kelly, at least in, let's talk about the college football playoff era because we can go back to that BCS National Championship against Alabama, whatever year that was, the 2011 season, you know, January of 2012. We can go back to that, but let's just talk about the college football playoff era. Brian Kelly had two cracks at it in the college football playoff era in his time at Notre Dame. Um, and that was in 2018, the 2018 season, so 2019 year, 2018 season, and the 2020 season. Now, Brian Kelly lost in each of those college football playoffs in the semifinals. So all of those, you know, those critiques or, you know, the, the fair judgments of Brian Kelly that we saw from the Athletic National College Football Writers is he's a damn good coach and he's won a whole lot of games. He's just never won the big one. So I took it upon myself to try and diagnose the reason why. The reason why he was able to get his teams into the big dance, but just wasn't able to get there to a championship. Wasn't able to make it just a little bit further to be able to bring home the college football playoff trophy. And one reason, one thing that you could look at is recruiting. 
did he did Brian Kelly have an obvious disadvantage recruiting at Notre Dame that doesn't exist at LSU? Um, I think that's a, that has kind of been a um, a thought a lot ever since Brian Kelly announced that he was leaving Notre Dame to LSU. That's been a discussion of can he have an easier time or will he have an easier time recruiting at LSU than he did at Notre Dame? And I think on the surface, you could say yes. One, and this is something that John Garcia Jr. is going to come on the show at some point later this week. And I'm going to ask him this question because he's tuned into recruiting. He's dialed in on national recruiting. He would have good insight into this. I think on a surface level, you would say yes. Brian Kelly would have... I don't like using the word easier because I don't want to act like recruiting in college football is easy, um, but I'm going to use it anyways. But please understand that I under that I know just how difficult their jobs are, especially in a, in a conference like the SEC. You would, on the surface level, you would say yes, because look at the amount of talent in the state of Louisiana versus the talent in the state of Indiana. And I'm no, I'm no recruiting expert. But I don't know how many fours and five stars are coming out of Indiana. So that's one thing is LSU has an abundance of talent in its backyard in Baton Rouge and New Orleans and the rest of South Louisiana. There's so much talent in the state. And Louisiana and LSU has the very um, unique privilege of being the school. Florida has to compete with Florida State in Miami. South Carolina has to compete with in-state talent with Clemson. And there are so many schools. I mean, look at how many schools Texas, like any school in Texas has to compete against for in-state talent. Like LSU doesn't have that in-state rivalry. Auburn and Alabama doesn't have that other powerhouse football program in-state in which they have to compete for in-state talent. And also... I think it's a little bit easier to sell LSU than it is Notre Dame in terms of grades, in terms of, let's be honest, I mean, it's a little bit more difficult to get Notre Dame than it is LSU. I graduated from there too. Um, and money, um, tuition at LSU, it's, it's a public institution versus a private Catholic institution. Um, the weather is undoubtedly much better in Baton Rouge than it is in South Bend, Indiana. I have been to both. And I enjoy Baton Rouge a whole lot more. And that is not just me loving LSU um, a lot more than I would ever love Notre Dame. It's just the truth. You know, it's it's an easier sell. A fun school with beautiful weather, a, a massive stadium and a powerhouse program, a story program, historic program. And not to say that Notre Dame isn't. There's literally a movie about Notre Dame football. But when you, it's just a different vibe all the way around. So I would say on surface level, yeah, it would be easier. But looking at, I took a, a four-year sample size of Brian Kelly's final four years at Notre Dame and stacked them up against the 2022 and 2023 recruiting classes at LSU. Looking at those four years at Notre Dame, 2018, 19, 20, and 21, Brian Kelly had a total of those four years, 14 top ESPN top 100 players. And, and the highest ranked recruit in those four recruiting classes was number 32 in 2020. That was Michael Mayer, a tight end, who's probably going to be a first-round pick, maybe a second-round pick in this year's NFL draft. So keep that in mind. you got 14 top 100 players across four years. The highest recruit is the 32nd ranked 
recruit in the country. Let's look at just two years at LSU, the 22 and 23 recruiting classes. I don't know how much we can truly credit Brian Kelly for that 22 class because he wasn't, you know, boots on the ground for that entire recruiting class. But we'll just throw it in there because those players stayed at LSU and retained LSU. In 2022, Brian Kelly and LSU had four top 100 players, three in the top 40. Harold Perkins was the top rated recruit in that class, the number eight recruit. Brian Kelly, and at least those four years that I looked at, I wasn't going to look at a, an entire sample size of 12 seasons. But in those four seasons, his final four seasons in Notre Dame, Brian Kelly never had a top 20 recruit. Brian Kelly never had a top 20, 10 or 20 recruit. Brian Kelly had one top 40 recruit throughout those four seasons. In, 20, in the 2022 recruiting class alone, there were three. Let's look at 2023. LSU has five top 100 players in the 2023 class. That is the same number as the most top 100 recruits that Brian Kelly had in that four-year sample size. And that's five players in the top 100. Zaylin's Hurd is the highest rated recruit in that recruiting class. Offensive tackle, left tackle from Neville and Monroe. Um, again, Brian Kelly never had a recruit ranked that high. So while I think the numbers of top 100 players probably would even out, Brian Kelly had 14 through four years, nine through two years at LSU. So you're looking at probably, you know, over a four year span, close to 20 top 100 players through four years at LSU, just using averages. Um, it may increase based off of successes this year and next season. Um, and that's more than Notre Dame. It's not It's not significantly more, but it is more than Notre Dame. And it's not just the numbers, it's also the quality. That at LSU, Brian Kelly has been able to recruit more quality players just based off of the top 100. Now, what they have, what they end up turning out to be in college football, what they did turn out to be in college football, I didn't even look into that. I just looked at this, like, just plain and simple, the numbers. So just from what I saw in a four-year sample size with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame and his two-year sample size and two recruiting class sample size at LSU, LSU was already on pace to exceed the amount of talent that Brian Kelly collected. Now, I looked at two other factors as well, and I want to get into that coming up next. What's the difference between Brian Kelly's chances at a national championship versus his inability to win a championship at Notre Dame? Some of those differences. We'll get into that coming up next. So one of the biggest differences that I've seen so far, and of course, we're only working with a small sample size, but I think that this is a fair assumption, is the differences in recruiting at Notre Dame versus at LSU. I didn't always subscribe to the belief that it was going to be easier to recruit at, at LSU because I thought you're talking about Notre freaking Dame here. You're talking about Notre Dame that consistently has a top 10 to top 15 recruiting class in the country. You're looking at Marcus Freeman that's been able to recruit top 10 recruiting classes in the last couple of years. It's not impossible to recruit at Notre Dame, albeit not as easy as it is at LSU. But what we've seen in these two years with Brian Kelly, he's already correct, co collected more quality players. The second thing that I looked at is how good were Brian Kelly's teams those years that they made the college football playoff? Like, I think we always look at some teams are at the, the top of college football, and we always critique their difficulty of schedule. 
Clemson has been one all the time that we always say, okay, well, congratulations on beating UNC and congratulations on beating Syracuse. But I mean, LSU has gone through a gauntlet of Alabama, Auburn, Texas, and Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Like play someone legit. Why don't you? Um, we heard the same things about Georgia last year that they, you know, they scheduled South Harmon Institute of Technology as their cupcakes on their schedule. That's also kind of been a critique on Notre Dame's schedule is since they don't play in a conference and they play, you know, similar teams every single year, but not the same gauntlet of a schedule every single year as some other conference teams. A lot of people will say, well, Notre Dame maybe had a cakewalk. So did Notre Dame have a, the advantage of a lighter schedule to get them into the playoff that they were undefeated and played good enough teams or beat good enough teams to get in? So the, the quality of Brian Kelly's teams in those seasons, I'm looking at the college football playoff seasons. Like, what was the difference? Why couldn't they quite get that, that bugaboo off their back of winning a championship or at least advancing to the college football playoff finals? Let's look at the 2018-19 season. So the 2018 season, 2019 college football playoff. Notre Dame lost to Clemson in the semifinals that year. Ian Book was the quarterback that year. Now, Notre Dame had the number 42 offense in terms of total offense, had the 42nd ranked offense in college football, had the 20th ranked defense in college football. They lost to Clemson. Clemson went on to win the national title that year. That was the year with, with Trevor Lawrence. In 2020, Notre Dame lost to Nick Saban in Alabama, and that was the, the Mac Jones-led team. That team also went on to win the national title game. In that year, the 2020 season, when Notre Dame lost to Alabama in the semifinals of the college football playoff, Notre Dame had the 30th ranked total offense and the 24th ranked total defense. To put that into context, LSU this past season had the 17th ranked total defense. That is, and I know that it's not apples to apples because every single year the rest of college football looks different, but... That is ranked higher than either defense that Brian Kelly had at Notre Dame. LSU had the 28th ranked offense in college football in total offense this year. That is higher ranking than either of the offenses that Brian Kelly had at Notre Dame. So another reason that you could look to, maybe Brian Kelly just couldn't get past that semifinal point was because they simply just didn't have good enough teams to do it. LSU, on the other hand, compared to those Notre Dame teams, and of course, I know things change every year. I know that college football changes at such rapid rates and rankings one year could be completely different to another year, but just looking at the rankings. LSU, in comparison to the rest of college football this past year, had a better team than that 18 Notre Dame team and that 20 Notre Dame team. So already in year one, you're already looking at advantage LSU. The third thing that I had is, is competition. Did Brian Kelly just run into two really good teams in the college football playoff? And like I just mentioned, they ran into Clemson in the semifinal in 2018. Clemson went on to win the national title game. They ran on to Alabama in the semifinal of the college football playoff uh, in 2020. Alabama went on to win the national title game. Sometimes you just run into really difficult teams. Sometimes you just, just 
a, a better team just simply beats you. And that's, I mean, that's just the reality of it. But looking at all of the factors that I think could be the differentiation between Notre Dame and LSU, what was the, the boundary for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame to not win a championship? Recruiting and the quality of his teams. And I know you get into quality of coaching. There's just not a metric that I can use to judge that. But just looking at the metrics that I did use in recruiting and the quality of their teams, it seems that LSU has the advantage. Now, I'm not saying that means that Brian Kelly is going to win a national title game. It just looks like, to me, some of the barriers that existed for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame seem to be working more so in his favor at LSU, even with a more difficult schedule every single year. And we're just talking one team. We're just talking one season. There's going to be a whole lot of work to do. It's only going to get more difficult. But just look at the numbers. At least it's encouraging. At least it's encouraging. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything that you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.